The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Situation Room. We are sorry to have missed you last week. Gabe and I were both super busy uh, with real life work, um, but week two did not disappoint us, did it, Gabe? I mean, I'm sitting here on my couch still smiling. Like, I, this game was a blast. What a what a comeback victory. What a comeback after you know a tough overtime loss in week one. Um, I mean... I was pretty pessimistic about this game. I, I didn't think the Ravens you know, had much of a chance against, you know, the, the juggernaut Chiefs team. All the bad history with this team, you know, Lamar, you know, not being able to beat Mahomes, finally getting that monkey off his back. What a what an incredible Sunday night game. It's exactly what we want to see. Yeah, I you know, I I tweeted right before the game started that I still had faith. I thought that with this team being at home, getting a real crack in front of a crowd, being opening night, giving Lamar a chance to draw off that energy and you know, we, we saw it happen. I mean, I, I think the the one thing that jumps off the page to me about this game is that there are a lot of people that don't love John Harbaugh and I can, I can live with the people that don't love, they, they want an X's and O's coach. They want a coach that can step in or take over a certain side of the ball. If they have to do that whole kind of thing, John Harbaugh is not that guy, but we're talking about a team that took a brutal loss on Monday night, a brutal loss on Monday night, managed to get on a flight, fly home on a red eye, get home, sustain an injury to their starting left tackle in the process of that. Um, also having another injury on the offensive line, get it all together and say, we are, we are still going to go out there and we're going to compete with these guys because people didn't think that the, it wasn't even just that the Ravens won this game. People didn't think that the Ravens were going to even compete in this game. Maybe, maybe not like not compete, but they thought it was going to be more like one of those games where they lost by like 10 to 14. And it was never really as close as 10 to 14. And John Harbaugh had these guys ready. He had them fired up. And if it wasn't for a couple miscues at the beginning of the game, this was a, this game was was firmly in the Ravens' corner. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, not just to not to completely box score scout here, but if you look at the Ravens' like offensive play, just like what they were able to do, they put up almost 500 yards. I I know that the Chiefs have like a pretty bad defense, but that's still impressive. I mean, Lamar Jackson on his own had like a phenomenal game. If he, I mean, obviously the two interceptions, not ideal. Over 100 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns. You know, he had the the incredible c- completion to Marquise Brown for the touchdown. Like, he had a, some really good throws throughout the course of the game. Obviously, he made plays with his feet throughout the course of the game. I mean, not everything was perfect, but, you know, he needed to step up in a big way, and he did. He, we also ha- had big games from, like, Hollywood Brown, who came in and dropped 113 yards on six receptions, had a touchdown, could have easily had another touchdown with that, you know, on that first drive where, where Lamar just, you know, overshot. Probably had a little too much adrenaline going. Um, and just threw the ball a little bit too far. But, you know, the, the offense really came to play here. I think th- that was what I was most excited to see after some issues last week. I think there's a lot of improvement in a lot of areas. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, essentially, this team played from a deficit the entirety of the game. I mean, we'll talk about some of these other things that happened a little bit later in the podcast. But, um, you know, you had the two-point conversion that was horribly called back um, on just a terrible decision. And hopefully somebody gets fired over that. You had, uh, obviously, the pick six after Sammy Watkins just falls down. I mean, that's that's nobody's fault. I, I just... I don't understand why the Ravens have slipping problems there. There's no other team in the NFL. I, we watch a lot of Ravens games. We both watch a lot of football. I've never seen a team slip as much as, as the Ravens seem to do. Um, the home field too. Like you should, right. you should know like the kind of cleats to be wearing on your home turf. And sometimes it's Lamar. We saw Tyson slip on this game as well. Like it, it's just, to me, it's just surprising when I see these guys slip so much. Um, and I don't see other teams doing that. Um, but 
between all those plays and all that action, I mean, essentially the Ravens stopped Mahomes on two of four drives on on offense in the first half. They they were even though they weren't in control of the game from a score perspective, they were in control of the game. They didn't let that get away from them. And even when they were down by ten and they and they turned the ball or down by eleven, right? They were down by eleven, mm-hmm. um, and they had to punt, and they still stayed in control, yep. and they still kind of like didn't lose it. A, a huge testament there goes to all the coaches. Many of whom, you know, I think Wink and Roman have taken their beating a little bit the last kind of week or so as well. And so th- they deserve some props for this game. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into a little more detail about like the game plan, I think, that went into this. But it's they, I mean, like you said earlier, a short turnaround, like there's a lot of adversity that they overcome really early getting behind on that pick six. Um, but you don't get away from the game plan and you and you stick to what's working. You know, they're able to run the ball against this Chiefs team. We saw last week the Browns kind of ran all over the Chiefs and got away from it a little bit. Um, you know, the Ravens made some breaks happen for themselves in this game. They forced two really clean kind of turnovers. Um, and, you know, Lamar had those turnovers earlier. The Chiefs had the turnovers later in the game and that really came back to hurt them. Um, the Ravens were over, able to overcome the earlier mistakes stay in the game every single time where it seemed like they were down, they're able to answer back with those long scoring drive or, you know, that, that touchdown that they just had to get and they were able to stay in it. And I mean, it was just, it was such an impressive and gutsy performance by this team. It's, it's really like on the pantheon of like all time, great Ravens, Ravens games, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it, it has to be up there. I mean, I can't, I, I, I can't remember, you know, there have been some exciting football games to watch. I remember watching the chiefs Rams game a couple years ago where the score was like 500 to like 501 or, or whatever it was. Um, and, yeah. I mean, this game, I mean, it was offense, right? It was, it was all offense. They just, they, they hadn't, I mean, like you said, they had a three and out earlier and they had a punt, but after that, like in the second half, they were just, able to move the ball pretty much at will against this Chiefs team. And this isn't exactly what we expect from the Ravens, I think. We've come to know them as a good defensive team. I think they still have potential to be a good defensive team this year. Um, These first two games notwithstanding, like, there's a lot of potential on that side of the ball. Um, They held the Chiefs to, like, a reasonable yardage total. I I know the points were a little overinflated because of that, you know, pick six. But, like, I haven't seen the Ravens put that much kind of, like, confusion on Mahomes as as we've seen in a long time like he had two touchdowns that were like one of them was just like a, a long you know Kelsey making the play but he was under duress that could have easily gone the other way I mean like the defense like stepped up too I, I just I don't know I, I'm just rambling here because I'm so impressed by what the Ravens were able to do there's so many things to talk about it's just I, we should probably get into a little more detail because I want to start with running the ball and the play action that came off the ball. That, that was something that we didn't see last week. They weren't able to run the ball effectively. What do you think it was? Was it offensive line changes? Was it just the defense they're going against? There's a lot of things we could look at here. I think it was a little bit of a mix of both, but I think part of what you have to credit on the team at this point as well is that you've just got to give them a little bit of time to play together. I mean, and we heard Chris Collinsworth say this on the broadcast. He's like, these guys have come together in the last 10 days, realistically. Like Latavius Murray... And Devontae Freeman were not even on the roster on two Wednesdays ago, <laughs> which is which is wild to think about, right? So we are we are not even eleven full days away from two of the running backs getting added to the roster. Um, there were definitely some protection mix-ups, some confusion around some of those kind of things. They needed to really lock down on some of those spots, um, and I think that the edge rushers are just just weren't as good. I, I think what part of what happened in I, I think part of what happened in the last game is the same thing that happened to the Chiefs in this game, which is that when you go on the road and you have to defend decent pass rushers, it gets harder if you. You lose a little bit early. You can't communicate as much late. You can't talk to each other. There's no kind of like in snap communication that's going on because of the because of the noise level that's so high. And so then you start to struggle a little bit and then it really just gets away from you. And I think that's kind of what happened to Villanueva and the whole Ravens offensive line last game. It just kind of got away from them a little bit. And they were having problems on both tackles last game. So you couldn't really slide protection one way or the other. And maybe the Ravens just didn't have, weren't ready from a game plan perspective to do enough to chip or help or do whatever they could back in the Raiders game. Either way, I don't think the Ravens were terribly ineffective in running the ball against the Raiders. 
Um, but what you just said, I think was critical. The Ravens were really good and, and we'll have to break down what these numbers look like. We're just so quickly after the game here, but the Ravens were really good throwing out a play action in this game. Um, and Lamar really, really made them pay. Part of that was them giving him time, but they were just very good at a play action in this game. Yeah. And just incorporating play action is something that they, they did a lot last week and they were effective in it, but I think that's something that has to be part of like the weekly game plan. This has to be a core like tenet of what they do on offense. And I mean, we, we saw Marquise Brown get open on it, like repeatedly downfield. He's and um, Mark Andrews is also going to, you know, be someone who can do well in play action because, you know, even if he like gives a little chip at the line, just to, like give, you know, an offensive tackle a little bit more time. That's okay because you have more time when you run play action, you know, it holds those linebackers and then you get him leaking out behind them. And he's another person who can really benefit from that. So I want to see, you know, a little bit more of like the the RPO game. I think that's also somewhere that the Ravens can, you know, make some good impactful plays. But, you know, overall, I think for this one, it all started with the running game. And there were some design runs for Lamar that were like really backbroking to the the Chiefs defense. Um, You know, Tyson Williams had had another like solid outing, I think. Um, he's still a work in progress and it's clear that he's not like as comfortable in this, this offense as like maybe Gus Edwards has been or JK Dobbins, for instance, but he has shown like that tough, hard nosed running style. He pushes the pile. He picks up extra yardage. He has that explosiveness in him. Um, he can catch the ball a little bit too. Um, obviously, you know, he had that fumble early on and then, you know, the Ravens were able to recover, get the touchdown, but you know, he's the, the Ravens stuck with him. You know, Hardball didn't put him in his doghouse and, and put him back, you know, on like the third, the third string, he was basically their their primary runner when it came down to it, and he and he I think showed that he deserves to be that player in this in this run scheme. He has more upside than the other two running backs I think that are currently on the roster. I also thought we saw some more of the kind of option style running. So not necessarily our like, like run pass option, but just Lamar option choice stuff. Um, and to me, that speaks to kind of the team just getting on the same page, you know, and the running back getting on the same page as Lamar. We didn't see any botched handoffs this game. We saw several in the prior game where, where they didn't know how to do that. We saw, um, we saw a little kind of like option run with Duvernay on a jet sweep with Lamar taking it right up the middle. Um, I also thought the other thing that made it effective is that the Ravens, and, and I feel like they, the most of the time when we see Lamar running up the middle last year was on the counter bash stuff or on scrambles. And in this game, there was a lot, there was much more dedication and willingness to let him run between the hashes. I don't know if that's like a health thing for the Ravens and they want to keep away from it. Cause it leaves them a little bit more exposed and a little bit more at risk. Um, but it really opens up the playbook when, when they're willing to run Lamar up the middle. But you know, if Lamar's going to be running up, running down the sideline and instead of stepping out ba- out of bounds, dropping his shoulder um, into a defender and running him out of bounds, then you might as well, just let him run up the middle. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lamar's going to make some amazing plays no matter how he's utilized, I think. But he was willing to, you know, be a little more physical out there. I mean, you saw it on that last touchdown when he when he did his little... He was feeling himself a little bit there. That was... He wanted to really sh- show that he, you know, came to play. And I think... Um, whether Win or loss. I, I think, I mean, this was a performance for the ages for the Ravens quarterback. And, you know, it was just... Yeah, there's going to be some some interesting conversation about the Ravens tomorrow, I think. Um, but, you know, they did a lot more good in this game on both sides of the ball than maybe we even have time to talk about. But let's talk a little bit about defensive scheme here because, you know, the Ravens in the past have, especially against Patrick Mahomes, have dialed up a lot of blitzes. You know, we saw last year they, they tried to do this extravagant kind of like scheme where, you know, you're doing all the like, deceptive blitzes where you're showing like eight players on the line of scrimmage and you're dropping, you know, your outside linebackers, you're blitzing your defensive backs. We didn't see that all in this game. I think they might have blitzed maybe like three or four times the entire time. I mean, that might be wrong, but it was it was mostly a coverage, um, you know, approach to, to stopping Mahomes. And this is how I think the, the analytics would say this is that's a smart thing to do against guys like Mahomes, against guys like, you know, you know, Josh Allen or whoever it may be, you know, drop seven or eight in coverage, try and get after the quarterback with, with three or four. And if you can make them make the right decision every single time, eventually they're going to be playing games or plays where you're not going to make the right decision. Like Patrick Mahomes, he got pressured by OA, almost sacked, throws it away as he's falling down, turns into an interception. Like that's the kind of play that happens because you're able to use like one of your athletic, you know, outside linebackers to kind of like get a late pressure on him. But because of you know the importance of that play and because you have eight guys and dropping the coverage, you're able to make a play on that ball. 
And that's kind of the difference in this game plan is what we've seen before, where you bring everybody and there's like there has to be perfect communication or else you're going to get beat. And and last time, Mahomes beat the Ravens. This time, Wink beat Mahomes. And you know it it might not have looked that way in the box score, but that that interception that was what changed this game. That 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 stop there and, and getting that interception that was huge because they were in the Ravens territory. They were driving down, and that that's something that you know you can look to and see how Wink is evolving as as a play caller because he he did it last week last year in the in the playoffs as well against against Josh Allen. He didn't blitz like that's his that's his game script, and he went away from it and, and it worked for them in that game and it worked for him again in this tonight's game. Well, and that's you know I, I loved to see it because what it gives you is another dimension, right? Like it allows you to do both. And so if the Ravens can figure out how to even, I think there's even more that they could do with this in in the sense that the Ravens really were in this game in particular, playing too high, not letting Hill beat them over the top. They weren't going to let themselves get beat deep without kind of extra help or extra coverage, um, you know, that was supporting back in those places. Um, But in against teams that don't have some of the assets that the chiefs have from a passing perspective, the Ravens can still show all those same blitz look and just do it a little bit less. And I think that they'll still be just as effective and they'll still be just as good. Um, and so it's nice to see Wink open it up a little bit and know that, look, the other thing that you get out of this is that you get reps that were successful. So you're willing to go back to these packages and moments is where it's not working. So maybe the game plan against Pittsburgh is go blitz crazy because, you know, their offensive line is trash and and for whatever reason, Ben is just torching us. Right. Like, and maybe, maybe last year they're not comfortable adjusting into something that didn't have as little blitz package when you've done it in a game like this. And you've done it against a quarterback like Mahomes. you've, you've run some snaps like this. You've seen some plays like it guys know how to communicate it. Um, it goes a long way to, to being a little bit better. And so, you know, I think defensively it's ultimately is going to be make a big difference, but the other part I thought that, you know, and they talked about this on the broadcast as well, but it was clear the Ravens were not going to let Tyreek Hill beat them in this game. Um, and I think that was smart because there have been times that Tyreek Hill has definitively beaten the Ravens. I mean, if you think back to, to what, three years ago on that fourth and whatever play and the prayer that was just kind of chucked up the hill, the Ravens were just not going to let that happen. They were going to put two guys on him. They weren't going to let any kind of crazy Mahomes Hill magic happen. Um, and they still managed to find a way to play chess around the remainder of the defense. And to me, that's a step up for Wink. That's a, that is more of a Bill Belichick style defensive approach. Let me figure out how to take away these certain things. And then, and then once I've taken those away, make you beat me with the rest of it. And so it, it was really good to see. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, it's, that's, that is the Bill Belichick approach. He's like, I'm going to take away your best player and, and you're going to have to beat me with the other guys. And, you know, and, and in this game, the Mahomes did kind of beat them <laughs> to some extent because, you know, you had Byron Pringle, you know, touchdown, you know, Demarcus Robinson touchdown, like, you know, Travis Kelsey obviously had that one big play. Aside from that though, Kelsey was kind of, kind of held down as well that he had that one big play up but um you know the Ravens actually did a pretty good job on him but Tyree Kill three catches for 14 yards on seven targets that's about as as good as you can imagine Hill like being 100% healthy being being kept out of the game plan and that makes you know the other team really kind of reevaluate what they're going to do if, if they're going to say okay we're going to take the our best offensive player away how are we going to adjust to that and you know they did to a certain extent but that was something that the Ravens did really well in this game. I was just re- I was really impressed by that. You know, we saw Humphrey kind of moving around a little bit and covering Hill. He always had a safety. Whoever was covering him had a safety over top. Like, that's how you have to do it. Um, you know, if the Ravens are a little bit better at tackling, this, this might have been an even, um, an even, like, better total, like, looking game than what they ended up looking with here. But it was... I, th- I think, you know, there's definitely room to improve. But like you said, you know, the fact that Wink is willing to kind of adjust and like do this kind of game by game script to kind of like come up with a game plan to beat someone specifically. You know, I I think this was something that they've been working on a little bit longer than just like a week. They had, they had a plan in place for this game. I think it was pretty clear that they knew how they're going to attack Mahomes. They, you know, like I said, it wasn't perfect the entire time, but they stuck to the game plan and it, it worked out for them in the end. 
Yeah, well, let's talk about some of the stuff that, that did not seem to go well in the game plan. And, and you know, I think one of the, you just mentioned it in terms of the, the poor tackling ability. But if you're going to play that, I mean, it was almost very Dean Pease-like, right, in, in terms of what the defensive approach was. They weren't playing a ton of, like, quarters, you know, kind of what we, we saw a lot of that from Pease. But it was very much keep the play in front of you. Um, you know, don't let yourself get beat deep. Hope that you can make early stops on early downs, and then you can pressure on third down when you get third and long. When the Ravens had the Chiefs in third and long situations; they were really successful. Um, you know, that first touchdown to Robinson was on a third and short, where the Ravens were clearly overcommitting to the run. I wish they would have kind of stayed with the same game plan there, which is just like maybe our front seven stops them on this run play. Maybe they don't, but we're gonna we're gonna make them beat us the, the whole fifty yards down the field, not just get it in one crack, but. If you're going to play that style, then you've got to have a, a understanding and a mentality. And I think some of this goes to the fact that the Ravens don't play this style a lot of how to redirect runners, how to work together in the open field in terms of tackling. And then this is not so much about technique or the, not so much about collective team defense. Sometimes you just got to make the tackle when you're in the open field and you have these guys there. Um, if you if you watch the dots on the the Pringle play. Averett should have had him once. I, I, I mean, he should have been down several plays, several different times. Um, the Kelsey one, the Kelsey one, I thought was actually slightly more forgivable overall. But generally speaking, the team collectively needs to figure out schematically how to stay in there, like essentially stay in your run fits when you're in that kind of passing defensive formation. Yeah, I, I agree with all those things. And with the, with the tackling, you know, sometimes it's just in game, like you're you take a bad angle or you maybe you, you know, you, you just get beat by the, you know, the opponent sometimes, like sometimes, you know, they make a move and, and you just miss a tackle. But I think for the, in the bigger, you know, scheme of things, like you can, I think, you know, have to accept some of those like tackling issues. If you're, if you're going to play, you know, this type of defense where it's, where it's the, we're not going to let you get anything over the top. Like, I think, that was clearly what was the difference in this game was not giving up those kind of shots over the top. And, you know, the, the chiefs receivers made the plays when they needed to at times, but you know, there's a lot of third down stops that the Ravens had in this game. And, and that's something that we haven't seen a lot of um, against the chiefs in the past. And, and, you know, you know, maybe we got a little, a little lucky to get that fumble there at the end of the game, but that was, that was a big play. I mean, the Ravens made the stop when they had to do it. And like, they did it a, few times in the second half and you know props to the Ravens players props to the to the scheme and, and making it work when they needed to yeah for sure and you know just defensively I think that some of those things fit together but you know again when you're not just letting them kind of take the top off and beat you and you make them work it, it makes it, it it also makes it harder when you you just work down their third down playbook too, right? Like throughout the game, if you make them, if you're making them convert third and seven and longer 10 times, the ninth and 10th time are, are harder, not just because they're the ninth and 10th time and guys are more tired, but you showed your hand, right? You showed how you want to approach it. You showed kind of what, what things that you thought you were going to attempt to do. And I think to some degree, for the most part, we started to see that late in late in that, um, Later, later in the third quarter when we got the interception from Tavon and then we got the punt after that, which was that, you know, the Chiefs were going to that kind of five wide running back split out wide defense. And the Ravens seemed to, at least in the third quarter, kind of get a little bit of a handle on it um, and understand what they were doing. The Chiefs made an adjustment and were much better on it in the fourth quarter. But again, that's the you have to force them to make that adjustment. Don't let them be comfortable, make them do something differently. And then when you do that, maybe you force a fumble because you've, you've altered the game plan and you've taken a couple bullets out of the holster in that process that that ends up being kind of making a huge difference overall i, I know we were supposed to be talking about the bad about this game but they won <laughs> and so i just can't help it yeah I, I mean i think that spread look is something that the ravens have struggled against like the, yeah. it's difficult for them i think on the back end um I, I think you know zone coverage is probably the best way if you if you if you kind of swap to a zone drop eight that's probably your best way of trying to take away that because it's really hard to man up five players um, especially when you have guys like Kelsey, um, you know, guys like Hill, guys like, I mean, Hardman's fast too. Like he, that's putting your defense at a lot of risk, especially when you're trying to take away someone like Hill that, that really puts players on an Island. Um, so I think, you know, maybe that, that, that kind of like cover four shell against or cover two shell against that spread look is, is your best option is trying to keep everything underneath. Um, but and, you know, like you said, I think the Ravens did a good job of, of making some adjustments. You know, the Chiefs made some adjustments back, but 
um, it's you know it's a, it's a work in progress I think right now for this Ravens defense and there's some moving parts um, we're still trying to figure out I think some of the rotations in terms of personnel um, you know we saw some different things in this game versus what we saw last week um, some players were put in there in, in positions you know Brandon Stevens came in for for, for Elliott um, and you know he didn't seem to play too badly he had a, he had a couple of nice um, kind of breaks on the ball um, late um, there was nothing over top where he got beat he seemed to know his role I think that's a positive for the Ravens when you have someone you know come in as a rookie into a role that you know he's kind of been doing a lot of different things and he just stepped right in and was able to take over I think that was really important for the Ravens in this game yeah, you know, one other nitpicking thing that I'd say about the Ravens defense is that I didn't love their approach in terms of personnel. I know that Elliott went down and we, we we didn't really talk about that. That's could potentially be a big blow. Luckily, what is it Detroit next week? I think that it's a lower impact game. So if he has to miss a week, that's that's OK. Um, but I, I would have liked to see. I, I mean, Geno Stone, you know, or Darius Washington, Anthony Levine are on the roster for a reason. Um, and you know, you you were you were letting your front seven play Edwards Hilaire and letting that be whatever that was going to be. Um, and so I'd like to see them bring guys like our Darius Washington and Geno Stone into the game in these situations. So I would love. I, I mean, I know our Darius Washington is a little bit of a mismatch against a guy like um, against a guy like Kelsey because he's shorter, yeah. but he can be physical. He can be up on the line of scrimmage against him. I would like to see the Ravens chip or maybe not chip, but press, like get more physical with some of these guys coming off the line of scrimmage when, when they got their free releases and then, and then could get into their routes and put the moves on their defenders, they could do it. And then you just can't leave Malik Harrison in space. I, you know, I really like Malik Harrison. I, I think he's a great run defender. Um, but he should not be on the field in any kind of passing situation. He's not fast enough and he is not agile enough. And, you know, his awareness does not make up for those gaps. So I would take the physic, I would take the loss in physicality for, from a guy like him over a guy like Geno Stone or Darius Washington that are going to give you a much better kind of pass defense scenario. It, it's probably more helpful when you got, got a guy like Westry that you can rotate in as well and do more with some of that. But um, I didn't love seeing Harrison on Kelsey the 19 times it felt like we did. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's definitely something that was a bit of a mismatch that the Chiefs were able to take advantage. And there wasn't, and, and I'd have to go back and look at the, the personnel. And maybe after like the fourth or fifth time that it was clear that he couldn't even like stay in the same like space as Kelsey, that maybe they went away from it. You know, I think that the dime package is something that the Ravens are going to have to use pretty heavily this year. Um, I, I I had some upside hopes for, for Harrison. He's obviously, like you said, a very good player against the run, but he just really doesn't have that agility to play in space. I think, you know, you can use someone like Bowser more effectively as a coverage linebacker. And, and he has been used a lot in that role. Um, if you need to have, you know, some of that versatility in terms of having a bigger body on the field, maybe just have him line up off the ball a little bit more. Um, but then you have, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's tricky, but I, I think the, the Ravens definitely need to use those defensive backs more on the field. Um, I'd like to see Washington out there. He can play in the slot. You know, if you have him and Young in the slot when you're going like five, four or five wide, I think that's a good matchup for you, as opposed to you know maybe having some more some heavier bodies there. So I think this definitely needs some like more rewatching in detail to see if there, some of those adjustments were made. But I think that um, you have personnel to to potentially be more flexible in the back end, and and I think that's something that they should move towards. Well, you and I have been talking about Tyus Bowser being a candidate to move inside for his entire career. Um, and I think it, what's interesting now is that Justin Houston and OA predominantly played the entire second half on the edges and they were fantastic. They were, they were both very good. They both played their jobs and their roles really well. Justin Houston just understands how to rush and contain the passer. Um, it's something that we've missed since Suggs has been gone. Um, and we got really great snaps from him. And then we get really great athleticism from OA. If that's what you're going to do, then you're taking Tyus Bowser off the field. Who's a great in space pass defending linebacker. That's an easy switch to make to me, right? Like especially for a guy like Harrison, and and you know that that um, Bowser can defend the run well enough. So it'll be I, I'm very interested to watch how the Ravens are going to use those outside linebackers from this point. It almost seems like Jalen Ferguson has essentially lost his job and lost an opportunity to be a Raven in the long term. Um, and not that not by any virtue of what he did this year. You know, maybe he gets another shot if somebody gets injured. But away. I know we're not talking about individuals right now, but OA has claimed that spot and he should be taking 80% of the snaps at one of the outside linebacker positions for the duration of the season. He is just without question. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about him real quick because 
this game was phenomenal from him. Like he not only did he force two turnovers essentially and recover one, um, he's so good on the edge. I think he also had a TFL and maybe yes, he, did. he was he was in on another one too, I think. Or he's just He's just a guy, like you said, 80% of the snaps, he should be on the field. Like, he's your best, probably, pass rusher, pure pass rusher. I mean, Houston's been, been playing really well, I think, as well. Um, but he has that ability to, if he needs to, drop in coverage. He's athletic enough to do that. So you can still have some versatility with him. He, but what a find for the Ravens. You know, there was a, a lot of talk about, you know, the lack of production in college. And, you know, he was just a, an athlete. Um, but, man... He has been a difference maker for this team. We haven't, I mean, you mentioned Houston and, and kind of the, the Suggs comp as, you know, someone who's, you know, kind of that veteran savvy that, you know, just knowledge out there on the field. But have the Ravens had anyone, the athleticism of Adafi Owe on the edge? I mean, a, like a Dalius Thomas, maybe? Like, I mean, who was the last guy they've had out there that can be both a pass rushing threat and this kind of like all around athlete? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Thomas. I mean, that would be it. And he was never really an edge guy. I mean, Dumerville was more athletic than he got credit for, but he was really a pure, you know, rush-only type guy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's he was an absolute stud in this game. He's, he's looked like he was going to be a stud in the preseason, but he needed to develop a little bit. I thought it wasn't going to come on for a few more weeks. He was going to get his reps, and, and they were going to kind of share and keep the load down. But um Clearly not the case. I mean, he's winning at the point of attack running on run defense. He's winning at the point of attack on pass defense. And if I recall the fumble on the Edwards Hilaire play, that would have put him on the left side of the line, meaning that he beat Orlando Brown to force that fumble. Yeah. He, so, he cut on that. Yeah. He cut inside Brown on that play. Yeah. So um, for anybody that was clamoring for Orlando Brown back after the loss last week, then um, should should gladly be happy with the results of the trade from from this one. So, you know, he was just he was fantastic, but he's going to give the Ravens a lot of opportunities to do a lot more when it comes to what they want to try and do with this front four. Um, and and I'm really I'm really excited to see what we're going to see from him kind of the rest of the way. Um, let's jump back real quick, though, to, to some things that didn't go so well. And we'll wrap those up because there weren't you know, it wasn't a perfect game we talked about the pick six and sammy watkins falling down i don't think that was anybody's fault in particular lamar had some really bad throws in the first quarter because he just didn't wasn't settled down yep. he clearly settled down by midway through the second quarter and was fine after that um but let's talk about the two-point conversions and the ravens complete and utter inability to call what seemed to be make sense plays um, from, from two yards away from, from the end zone. I mean, I know this is a pet peeve of yours, so I'll I'll let you start. So real quick, it's, it's interesting because they scored touchdowns on similar like position on the field, like just outside of, of the goal line, they were able to like design plays where you got Lamar Jackson scoring easy rushing touchdowns. Why can't you do, I mean, I feel like they did that by motioning the defenders or, you know, offensive players away from that side of the field and just gave Lamar space. But it seems like the opposite. They're condensing space on these two-point conversions. They're doing, they're kind of like rolling Lamar out and asking for defenders to come with him. And then there's like, I mean, I know you're trying to find like that crease to find like Hollywood a couple of times, but it's just, I don't like those play designs at all. I think there's, you want to use Lamar's speed um, and you take that away when you, when you design plays like that. It's, it's just frustrating. And, they should be like the most devastating two-point conversion team on the on the planet. Just with like the talent that they have, they have guys who can pummel you up front. They also have quick guys, and you have Lamar Jackson. Like how how is it so difficult for a two-point conversion to happen? It's just mind-boggling to me. Well, the the two-point conversion area seems like the perfect area for the counter bash plays as well, too, yeah. right? Because then you because you get you get to pick you get to pick where you want to put the ball down to start, right? So like that's that's a right. So like give yourself more space, uh, like, like make the right decision <laughs> when you're doing some of these kind of things. Right. Or, or maybe they don't get to pick where they put it down, but they get it down in the middle of the field either way. Right. Yeah. So, um, but use all three dimensions of the field, right? Like Lamar was so good running up the middle and maybe, maybe, I mean, I would say they realized this too late, but like the, the two point conversion attempts were late in the game. And it seemed like that was the, like on that fourth, quarter drive to score the touchdown, Lamar was gashing, not maybe not gashing, but like, 
absolutely beating Kansas City up the middle of the field. That when they would motion, they would use motion or they would use action to get them going out wide. Then it was very easy for him to get right up the middle of the field, right? Like, so why why are those not the reads? Why is it a rollout throw? I, I, I'm with you. I think the package just needs to be the package needs to be tightened up and it needs to be built on, right? Like the Ravens should essentially try and I mean, they should do exactly what they did on the fourth, the like the fourth down play to end the game, right? Like line start there, line up there, keep doing that until it finally doesn't work, build off that and continue to build out from there. Right. And use the looks, use the action, build it all out the same. And it seems like they get to the two point conversion line. It's like, okay, let's do something completely different now because we came all the way down the field using the same thing. And now we have to change it. Um, and it's almost like when they get in that situation, they're just overthinking themselves. Yeah. And you mentioned something that I'd like to come back to as well, which is the lack of the counter bash, which I feel like for through two games, they've barely touched. And it was something that was so effective for this Ravens team down the stretch last year. I mean, I know you don't have JK Dobbins and you kind of reworked the offensive line. That that's a play that was, I would say almost 90% effective for the Ravens last season. Like, and not only was it like effective in terms of just churning and like successful, but like big successful plays, like touchdown plays consistently and like big hitters. And they were also using it in short yardage conversions, like around like this area with the field that we're talking about, like on two point plays and short, like right on the goal line kind of plays. I don't know why this has disappeared and, and left Greg Roman's playbook, but it's something that I, I think needs to be brought back like as soon as possible. Yeah, I think some of that might have to do with guard um, and them not settling what they who it is at left guard up to this point and needing to get that settled before they want to bring it back a little bit. They did. There was one play where they had two pullers run away from the run. They didn't bring. It wasn't the counter bash in the sense that they had someone coming back the other way. So they had pullers only going the other way. It was that the Devontae Freeman run where he broke it off for thirty three yards. It might, it might have been. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so they just basically pulled the whole play the other way, and then he was able to just kind of slip behind it and run right up the field, um, which is the same action, right? Like yeah. your point, your point stands, right? So it wasn't completely the counter bash, but you still had the two action linemen going away from the play direction, or at least the choice to go away from the play direction, um, and it worked. There was a play last week also where they tried the counter bash, where they tried to pull both sets of guys against the grain at the same time. And all four of them ran into each other. Basically <laughs> took themselves all out of the play. It was on a sweep. Um, I think it was on a, an end around to maybe Duvernay. And so it ended up being a game because no, like anybody inside the tackle box looked like they had no idea what was going on because everybody was running in contrary directions and everybody on the offense ran into each other. And the defenders didn't really know what to do. And Duvernay just kind of took off to the, to the side. So I think that I bring that up to say that I think maybe some of those communication errors and the practice time and getting like the spacing and the depth of what they need to do to be able to run that effectively might be part of the problem right now. I expect to see it back, though, because given what we were seeing from Lamar running the ball up the middle, that's when he was almost deathly on those counter bash runs when he was the third option to run yeah. up the middle. Cause then you had people just going, it was like the red sea parting and he would just, he just dart up the middle 40 yards, bam, it was done. Um, so I, I assume that the Ravens are just holding it back for now. Let's not put it on tape. Let's not know people that we're going to run it. Let's, let's continue to cycle through and, and do all that. But I think it'll be back. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll hope that's the case. Um, I, I mean, it's obviously something that's in the playbook. They know how to run it. It could be something else. It could be the offensive line. Like you mentioned, you know, the guard has kind of rotated a little bit. Um, we saw a little bit of rotation in this game. We saw Ben Cleveland play. We saw, you know, Ben Powers play, the Bens. Um, I, I think we both eventually hope that Cleveland um, takes over that job. He's, he has the potential to be kind of a, a mauler and a difference maker for this Ravens um, offensive line. You know, you know, Powers was, I think, solid tonight, although he had some a couple of issues as well. Um, pretty good in pass protection. I, I'll give the Ravens props, especially the, um, the interior offensive line. Um, and, and you know what, Alejandro Villanueva, you, you you can you got a lot better in this game. Whether it's going from right tackle to left tackle, but um, and maybe not going against the kind of speed rusher that he had last week. That's maybe just a bad matchup for him. Um, but I think that you know he looked way more comfortable in this game. The, the O line just night and day compared to what we saw last week. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, the both. Let's talk about both lines for a second. But I think that the offensive line deserves a ton of credit. Um, obviously, Greg Roman schemed up a beautiful plan to attack Chris Jones. That was it. Was you know we haven't seen 
I think there's a lot of criticism for the Ravens offense of not kind of targeting defensive players enough and saying, hey, we're going to go after this guy in this matchup. Tonight, it was clear that the Ravens were trying to put Chris Jones on skates and make him look stupid. And they succeeded in making one of the best players in the NFL look like he had no idea what he was doing and he had no business playing on the edge, which he really doesn't, um, especially in kind of the formation and like in the wider spread of the way the Chiefs play. The Ravens clearly went after him, clearly took advantage of it, did a fantastic job of that. Across the board, though, in the remainder of the positions i can't remember a game where the defensive offensive line held up this well against the defensive line from the chiefs and maybe that's because chris jones hasn't played on the didn't play on the interior of this game and i imagine that if the ravens play the chiefs again this year chris jones will not be playing on the outside at all in that game um and they'll prepare for that differently but the ravens have had a lot of trouble with the interior of the chiefs defensive line um and they really clean that up i think that I think Zeitler deserves a lot of credit for bringing some stability back to that right guard position, which was an absolutely absolute train wreck. I think he's going to grade out pretty well at the end of this game. And and luckily we have the all 22. So we'll be able to take a little bit of a closer look at what some of that looks like. I think Bozeman has held the held down center pretty well. Minus one little bit of a shaky snap there um, in this game. And then left guard, we just need to figure out, but I thought powers played well enough. This game, Cleveland seemed to do well on the drives that he was in on. Um, Makari seems like a great option at at swing right tackle. I, I mean, it's not perfect, but it gets the job done. And these guys deserve a lot of credit. Lamar had a lot of time. I'm, I'm interested to see um, Ken and Film Sunny's article on ample time and space, essentially, to see what Lamar had. I think he's going to have a lot of passing opportunities where he had ample time and space, including that first play that was an overthrow. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I think that was one of the major differences in this game. Um, you know, just, just having a better pass protection unit. And maybe that's partially the the competition as well and the situation of being at home as opposed to being on the road in a crazy stadium. Um, we were both at the game and in, in, in Las Vegas and that place was, was completely like rocking. Um, that, that definitely affects your ability to protect. I think um, there's a, there's a lot going on, but I do want to give credit. Like you said, Patrick McCarry, um, I thought he played fantastic in this game. I, I don't recall like once having somebody just completely beat him and get a quick pressure. I don't, and maybe that's also competition. Like, I mean, I know the chiefs don't have the edge rushers that, you know, maybe the Raiders do or some other teams in the NFL, but that's just, you know, what a well-played game by someone who was put into a kind of a difficult position. You know, he's, he's kind of the, the Ravens Swiss army knife. Um, and along the offensive line, he's, I think he's played pretty much everywhere along there, except for maybe left tackle um, to come in and make a, you know, clutch starter, right tackle and, and really help solidify that offensive line. That's a huge difference maker. And, and if when we don't know how long, you know, Ronnie Stanley's going to be out. Um, he's kind of seems like he's a game time decision this week. He didn't practice at all. So that might just be like what it's going to be for the for the time being. Um, hopefully, you know, he's, he's going to get healthy and be able to get it back out there. But in the meantime, the difference that we saw from week one to week two, I think, was was one of the major factors here for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know. The nice part is that they get a couple weeks against teams that aren't as good right now coming up in terms of the Lions and the Broncos. So they get some time to continue to gel, get it together, kind of figure out what that looks like, keep Stanley healthy if they need to. But, you know, imagine growth from either Powers or Cleveland. Pick your poison there, right? You know, we continue to see Zeitler and Bozeman played well. Villanueva gets back to the right side when Stanley's healthy. They get to settle in. That's an offensive line that is uh, the other thing that we saw in Las Vegas is those guys are freaking huge, right? Yep. Like, and if, if, if in some crazy world, Tyree Phillips is back in like a month or two, like that, they are a monster group of guys. And if they are running, like they were running the ball tonight, it is going to be really hard for anybody in the NFL to stop them. You know, there are a handful of teams that might be best suited to fit in terms of that. And unfortunately, two of them are Pittsburgh and Buffalo, who we could run into in the playoffs. Um, But those guys are going to be an absolute load and a really hard time to handle. Um, You know, I think the defensive line, though, deserves some credit for this game, too. You know, it, it seemed like early on they weren't really kind of terribly effectively defending the run. But by the time the game was said and done, 3.4 yards on the ground um, for the entirety of the Chiefs team, 3, 3.5 for Edwards Hilaire. Obviously, they had the fumble. Um, they got better. You know, obviously, the outside linebackers on the edge guys did well. Um, but I thought Matabike had a really game, good game. That hold, defensive holding call was total BS. I don't even, like, like he was literally ex- hands extended between two guys. He was being double teamed. How do you hold, like, in what world have you, anyway, it was, it was a terrible call. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I thought he played a really good game. He split the double team, and and I don't maybe he grabbed a jersey or something, but he 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 basically did his job as well as he possibly can. And I don't know the refs were like, you can't actually do that. So you're going to get cold get called for like a flag there. And I don't know, maybe they called the wrong number. Like I'm not entirely sure, but th- that should not have been a penalty for him. And that was that was a big play in the game actually too, because instead of going from you know would would have been second and long because it was a it was a lot was a run for a loss on that play it would have been you know they gave him a first down and just there's a kind of little thing i feel like the ravens got hit with a couple of those kind of penalties in this game uh but you know to be able to overcome that um and like you said the whole ravens defense i thought played well i thought brandon williams had a nice few plays um you know he had a couple good run stuffs i think he got a couple pressures in there he's actually you know had a couple decent pressures so far he's maybe if he can develop that part of his game then he's going to be you know, a, a useful player for the Ravens, aside from just, you know, being the normal run stuffer that he's been. Clays Campbell, you know, he's been solid. Um, the Ravens, and you know, had Justin Ellis in there a little bit. N- nothing too <laughs> descript, Others, aside from that, you know, when he tackled Kelsey as he ran to the end zone, I found amusing for he some was, reason. He was part of the double team on Kelsey with Malik Harrison. Like, yeah, he was dropping just, in the just cover, of, 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 of range. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to leave it at that. Malik Harrison and Justin <laughs> Ellis were double-teaming Travis Kelsey, and he scored a touchdown. Who was surprised? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, uh, Broderick Washington was a healthy scratch for this one, which is which is a little interesting because, you know, Derek Wolf also was inactive. Um, his back spasms, I think, still giving him some issues. So the Ravens only dressed four defensive linemen, and they were in a lot of kind of nickel and dime pretty much throughout, and that's probably why that they only dressed four, but I thought they, you know, they held up really well. And like you said, the run defense was was solid. Uh, the Chiefs didn't try to run it a lot, but when they did, you know, they only had a couple large gains early on. And then that, and that kind of helped really get the Ravens into some of those those longer down distances that really helped them get those, um, those three and outs and stops in the second half and the fourth quarter especially. And, and the credit is due to them, not just because they got the stops, but because they were doing it in a lot of too high or deep set looks. Like, I don't know if I would necessarily call them too high. I'd have to take a look on the all 22, but they were doing it with like, like six and seven man fronts. And in a lot of cases, really six man fronts or less. Um, And they were still being able to stop the run when they, when they were in those situations, you know, the defensive line is setting up the linebackers, you know, queen had queen is (sighs) Queen is Queen is uh, Patrick Queen is like the the Joker, right? Like I, I know that's Deshaun Elliott's nickname, so I don't mean to like steal it. I, I'm just trying to. He's night and day. He just there are times where he just makes these tremendous plays, like when he had the stop on. Um, they had the stop on obviously the Mahomes play where there was a penalty behind it. That was just an incredible play from Patrick Queen, and then he turns around and on the goal line when they run the touchdown in, he just completely whiffs when he has the running back in the backfield dead to rights. And so it's just like if he can just clean up the bad side to just being okay, then he will be one of the top five inside linebackers in the NFL. He just cannot seem to make make that hump. That being said, the run defense was very good in this game, and it made a really big difference in getting second and second and third and longs, um, and forcing the Chiefs to not be able to use that like short dink and dunk underneath crap to be able to convert their first downs and, and really extend the game. Yep, um, completely agree with that. I, th- I think, you know, we're, we're wrapping things up soon. We already talked a little bit about OA. I think we want to highlight a few of the players who had big games here. Um, so let's see, I'm going to give props to Hollywood Brown. He's been on quite the quite the run of late. Um, he ended the season very strongly, including the playoffs. Um, he came out tonight and had a hell of a game. Um, you know, obviously could have had an even bigger game if, if Lamar hadn't missed him. Um, it, just overall, like, he's proving to be the guy that's really hard to cover on the back end for the Ravens. Like he's that one guy who can get open. You know, I think last year we saw some st- statistics about him having some of the, you know, the best kind of separation in the NFL. Um, the numbers didn't necessarily agree with that in terms of the, the yards and the catches, but this year he's come out of the gates, you know, blazing, like he's on pace to have a really impressive year for the Ravens. And, you know, he, he may or may not be able to keep up that pace, but, we love to see, you know, someone like this finally kind of seeing reaching the potential that we thought we, he had all along. Yeah. I mean, I, he's on track for a pro bowl year uh, through two games. So, you know, that's not saying a ton, but I think he is going to have a pro bowl year. Um, unless, unless we see kind of, you know, 
the diversification of the Ravens passing game happen when Bateman and Boykin come back. Um, I think that I think he is going to have a Pro Bowl year. He's clearly Lamar's favorite target so far on this year. If they would run him on a post every time they choose to run him on a nine route, I think the Ravens would be more successful as a team overall. Um, but he just played a phenomenal game. He showed the ability to get uh, open in the deep middle third of the field um, and to have a sense of how to get behind guys and make guys kind of really pay for how they choose to defend him there. We saw on that slot play, he he was he was two yards away from breaking that away from a touchdown. That reminded me of the play in the Miami game a couple years ago. Um, they need to run more of that. They need to run. They need to let him be the guy on the choice option for Lamar. Not only because he's improved as a receiver, but he's also Lamar's favorite receiver in that sense. If they if they kind of add a third layer to that behind that, where Andrews isn't the first read anymore, this offense is going to become really really dangerous um, in those in those kind of RPO passing situations, which I know you said earlier you'd like to see a little bit more of. So you know, I, I think there's a good chance that that he's a Pro Bowl representative when when this year is all said and done. Um, yeah, another game that re- reminds me of. Um, targeting back to last year was the second half of that Colts game. I don't know if you remember it, but they came out and used Hollywood in the slot, used him on a few of those like quick RPO plays. And just like, it was like easy pickings. Like Lamar was able to get that ball out quickly. You know, Hollywood can create separation, get open on that seemingly every single time. Like if you can like make the linebackers think for a second and suck them in and let him get behind them. I feel like that's just a play that you should have put in, to the game design like four or five times at least every single game. And if you can put three wide receivers out wide to the left and Hollywood can be the middle one of those receivers, Mark Andrews can be in line tight to the right. You can have a running back in for extra protection there. And you turn that into some kind of like RPO. Brown then has the ability to kind of either cut behind whatever that action is if he sees it that way or just go north on it. And Lamar has the ability to just essentially be looking right at it, right? So the touchdown pass they missed, and maybe we'll try and get this video up. The problem with the touchdown pass was, and you and I have complained about this before, you can run play action, but if you're in the shotgun, you are wasting time by having Lamar do the full 360 where he turns around and he turns his back to the play. He loses about three quarters of a second to a second and a half of time of processing time. If that handoff happens like Lamar is going forward and he doesn't do the loop around, that would have been a touchdown. And and Tyron Matthew would have no opportunity to break that playoff. Hollywood was wide open, but during the time that he was open, Lamar's back was to him and he wasn't able to see him. Right. So if the Ravens can figure out a way to work those two guys together and let Lamar keep his eyes on Hollywood and being that first option read and then check through others, I just think the offense will be, has the opportunity to become really dangerous. And, and we're already talking about an offense that scored a lot of points this year. Yeah. And while, while we're talking about offense, let's talk a little bit about Tyson Williams. And I, I know we mentioned him earlier, but you know, he had a, he had another really good game. Like he, he was the featured running back one in this one. Um, 13 carries, I think. I mean, that's not a ton of carries, but in the Ravens offense, that's kind of what Dobbins was getting at the end of like last season. It seems like they filled into that kind of like one, a one B with him and, and Murray. Um, you know, Murray's kind of taking on that Gus Edwards role that that he has had for the past three years. Um, I feel like it's kind of a natural thing. And then you have kind of a, a third down or kind of change of pace back with whether it's Freeman or Bell. I'm not sure. I, I assume a Freeman is going to be the guy he was, you know, selected to the to the roster. So he's probably going to be around. Um, he showed a little bit of juice, but I think, you know, Williams there's a little bit of positive and negative with him. He's still kind of like learning on the job a little bit. Um, I think that comfort level with Lamar is only going to get better. Um, we haven't seen kind of that, that mesh point played too much a lot so far with him. I think that's something that's going to be taking on a bigger role throughout the course of the season, but he's shown just that ability to get to the edge, be explosive. Um, if he can kind of clean up the vision a little bit, um, obviously you don't want to have the fumble like you saw earlier, but He's he's really kind of emerging, I think, as someone that's going to be important in the Ravens' offense. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, thirteen carries for almost eighty yards um, and two huge plays before the end of the second half when he has that major run um, on the second and twenty-five where he picks up that big chunk of yards. I want to say it was like. 15 plus yards on that play. And then on the play where he does miss the read, the vision you were talking about in the fourth quarter, the next play he comes back mm-hmm. and he runs it for a first down on second and 10. Those two plays, those two plays made a huge difference in this game. One of them led to the touchdown. One of them led to the field goal at the end of the first half. Um, big difference makers in those overall. And so like you said, if he can clean the vision up a little bit for sure. Also on that touchdown, 
I don't. I know you can't fumble the ball there, but when he was going into the hole, Devin Duvernay was blocking the only guy that was up the field on him. I don't think he had any anticipation that there was another guy that was going to make contact with him from that side because he just assumed that that block was going to be carried through and there wasn't going to be essentially a guy able to come in for a free hit on him uh, totally at will. Devin Duvernay, once, once Tyson Williams got by him, and I'll make sure that we pull this clip too. Once he gets by him, he releases his guy, and he turns and he looks at Tyson Williams, and he goes to watch him run the ball in. So that that's something that Duvernay needs to clean up. If he holds that block through, then it's just a touchdown straight up. And the only reason Duvernay is able to catch the ball after the fumble is because he's staring at Williams instead of blocking his guy. So you know, I want to give Duvernay credit for that touchdown, but in a lot of in a lot of ways, I I put that fumble directly on him on that play. Um, Tyson's got to clean that up. That's got to be fixed. But, I, you know, for the rest of the game, it seemed like it was pretty good ball security. And even on that play, he had the ball pretty tight. It's just essentially a defender was able to put his helmet on the ball, basically coming in unblocked. Um, and so that's always that, that's all. It doesn't matter who you are. There's a good chance of a fumble on plays like that. Yep, that's definitely true. And, and I think, you know, Williams is going to have opportunities to to get get better and improve and I think he's probably going to have a slightly expanded role. You know, if he can get 15 touches a game, I think that's going to be really good for the Ravens. And he is going to be, you know, a nice kind of like, I don't, I don't even want to say silver lining, but I guess it is silver lining to, you know, have someone like that who you're able to fill a role that you weren't expecting him to have to fill, but to have someone who can actually be a bit of a playmaker for you. Um, that's, that's nice to have. And I'm really glad he earned it in the preseason. You know, he earned that role to make the team and he's showing in, in these first two weeks that he can be, you know, a really important piece of this offense moving forward. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll close this out. And if you've got someone else you want to mention, but I, I props to Mark Andrews also on the play before the half where he jumps over the defender to get his way out of bounds and stop the clock. That play and the Tyson Williams play to pick up that big chunk of yards on the second and 25 were both the reasons why the Ravens ended up scoring a field goal, which ended up being more than the difference, um, you know, that they had to win this game. Um, and so it was a really heads up play by Andrews. I think that he is playing. I think he's playing somewhat of the role of attracting attention right now and not getting looks and not getting throws to him because of that. We'll have to take a closer look at the, the film to see if that's actually the case, but I think that to be true. And I think that he's being a team player about that. And I think it's going to open up for him as the Ravens continue to be better in other places to other guys. Yeah. I need to look into the film a little bit more too, because I feel like Andrews was in the past running a lot more deeper routes, like down the field, kind of almost vertical routes than what we've seen so far. The series has been a lot of kind of the underneath guy. He's just there to kind of like occupy space and occupy defenders while the wide receivers are more of the downfield threats. And I, th- I think, you know, maybe we'll see a little bit more kind of, you know, seam routes, kind of like some of these like deep crossers out of Andrews as, as the season progresses. But right now he's, he's, like you said, he's kind of just like being a security blanket when he needs to, he's taking some of the underneath, but I think he's like that play that he had tonight, that was incredible, you know, effort to get, to get out of bounds, save the clock, you know, to, to be able to, you know, keep the drive going and get a score. That's, that's huge. And that's, that's like, that's really smart it's really being aware of the situation on the field. Um, you know, he had a decent stat line out of this one. And I think, you know, the bigger numbers will come like against different opposition. I, th- I think there'll be more chances for him to, to expand, but, you know, I think he has the potential to feel kind of like one of these, like maybe, I mean, maybe he doesn't have quite the athleticism of like a Travis Kelsey, but he can be someone who can do a lot of those same things. And if the Ravens give him more of like, more looks and, and more kind of early options. You know, he's someone that I think can have, you know, a 75, 80 catch year, you know, push a thousand rece- receiving yards. He just, you know, he just doesn't look like through two, two games that he's been that option. And maybe that's because the other tight ends the Ravens have, have, have not been as impressive. Once they get Boyle out, you know, have that primary blocker. He's the guy who used to be the kind of the underneath guy to catch those passes, the security kind of check down guy. Um, Andrews can then run more of those like over routes and run more of those seam routes. And I think he can then become a more of a, you know, explosive vertical threat in this passing offense. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the last thing I'll add at the end of this is that I'm glad that Sammy Watkins didn't go down as the goat in this game because there was a chance, there was a moment there where he dropped a really easy pass for a first down. He slipped on the the pick six. So I was glad to see the Ravens pull this one out and, and not have kind of that burden weighing on him too. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely, he had that catch that 
set up the fourth down conversion. So, you know, he came up with a play when he needed to. Um, I was a little upset because I was like, why aren't you, why are you sure of the sticks on that route? But, you know, it worked out for the Ravens. They got the play that they needed to, and, you know, they, they got the victory and, and that's all that matters. Yep. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're, we're glad to be back for this upcoming season. We're hopeful, hopeful to, to get a couple of these video clips of the, some of the stuff that we talked about today out on Twitter. Um, you know, he's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at Raven Sit Room. Our hope is to be able to have some of the broadcast film to be able to break down some of these plays a little bit more in depth um, during these podcasts in future weeks. But for now, just enjoy this Re- Ravens win. Enjoy this start to the year and uh, hopefully the Ravens keep this train rolling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.